0: What is happening, everybody? It is the Harvest Wrap-Up episode of the Wind Up Podcast. I'm your host, Mike of MTGA Wines. Uh, Thank you all so, so much for your patience over the last few weeks. I have been remiss in getting an episode out. I definitely was a learning curve of time management and what the possibilities are, especially given the craziness that the last... Three weeks of this harvest season provided us. Um, I went straight from, you know, three weeks ago, the beginning of November, it was wrapping up harvest kind of fast and furiously. After that, I was gone. I was traveling for a week uh, out in Texas. Big shout out to all of our friends and fans that we saw uh, in Fort Worth, Dallas, Houston, and Austin this month. Um, it was absolutely amazing uh, to see you all a couple weeks ago um, as we were doing events down there. And then last week, I got sick. Um, typically I always get like a little bug after harvest. Like you're just so run down and your body finally catches up with you and says, you need to rest now. Um, so there's normally like some sort of like just head cold that I get this time I was down. Like I was out. I had, I was, you might still hear it. Like I might have to be charging for this conversation technically, uh, cause of my voice is so just deep and raspy. Um, but I was sick basically all of last week until Friday Um, So the recording of episodes just did not go nearly as planned as I thought it would. In fact, this one's probably going to be a little bit shorter. Uh, It's just so I can continue to rest my voice. I full-on lost my voice up until basically day before yesterday. Um, And it's finally starting to come back slowly but surely. So... um, we're gonna. Luckily enough, it was a good learning experience of trying to keep you know these episodes and content coming. So thank you all for bearing with me. Uh, apologies for not getting the episodes out in a more timely fashion, uh, but we're getting back to it now that we're pretty much home for the in the foreseeable future. Um, I'm going to be trying to put out as much new content as possible. Hopefully you've been following along on Instagram or the social network formerly known as Twitter. Um, If you're not, please give us a follow. Uh, We've been trying to post a lot of short form content, both just video and regular posts of kind of what's been going on. Um, You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, MTGA Wines. For all of our tasting notes, we've been uploading video content there as well. So there's all kinds of little things that we've been doing to try and keep you in the loop. Um, outside of just kind of these more long form conversations. Uh, so that'll be where you can find the info and we'll be back to kind of our starting this week, we'll be back to more of our kind of regularly scheduled shows and updates. So uh, the harvest update, let's, let's get into it. Um, we're going to dive into it in a lot more detail in terms of where the wines are and kind of what to expect from this season in January. And this is something that I do at the end of every season is I kind of make sure that everything's put to bed. Everything's looking good, tasting good, but I really let the wines just kind of sit there and do their thing. As long as everything's on the right track, I try to take a little bit of a break, try and be a little bit hands off. And January is when I circle back around and do kind of a full evaluation of where things are. And that's kind of like my starting point for the aging process, even though everything's in barrel already. So, uh, this would have been, let's see, uh, three full weeks ago. Uh, we would have pressed off our last few lots of Cabernet, gotten that all into barrel for the aging process. Um, that is for me, that always kind of signifies the end of harvest. When you have that last pressing run, you're cleaning out your last fermentation vessel or a couple of vessels and you're basically Done you know everything is in barrel you probably still have that malactic fermentation uh, a lot of winemakers will say hey once ml is done that's kind of when harvest is over cuz now it's actually the wine's complete now we just need to age it uh kind of depends on who you ask but at this stage i would i'd be hard there's probably still some grapes that are hanging out there i mean actually last week uh right before i got sick uh we ran into a friend of ours who works over at zd wines um, they had brought in like 200 tons uh, or, you know, not last week, but the week before they had another like 35 tons of Chardonnay coming in last like Tuesday, Wednesday. So there were still even, you know, for some of the big guys in particular, and even some of the smaller guys, folks that were kind of in that mad dash to wrap things up uh, before the rainy season really started coming in. And it's, and we were, as we were talking about it, we were literally just trying to grab a table at Rutherford Grill to have dinner. And we're just as you run into your industry colleagues, you know, this time of year everyone's just like a little bit frazzled, you know, everyone's trying to just dot i's, cross t's and get things done. Uh, this is the point in the season where everyone's like we just want to be finished. We just want we just want all the grapes in. If we're managing fermentations and extended macerations, that's fine, but we just want everything in. It's been a long ass season. The last month has been just an absolute barrage. And all we want is to kind of put a bow on the picking side of things. That way we can catch up on some sleep and just do seller operations and get into like the th- week of Thanksgiving. That's kind of the, that's kind of the state of the union. Everyone in the last two, three weeks has just kind of been including ourselves, been in that mad dash to get every single thing done. That way, come this Thanksgiving week, we're pretty much ready to rock and roll and just, you know, we have work orders, we have our to-do lists, and we can just operate a little bit more normal uh, as opposed to the really long, crazy days that everyone's been dealing with. So as harvest wraps up, you know, we start to see this light at the end of the tunnel. And thank goodness it's not a freight train coming at us because this last, this has been outside, I think 2018 was probably the most hectic harvest for myself personally this one is a very, very close second. Um, we were making a little bit less wine in 2018, so it was something that was compressed into about a week's worth of time. This, we're making more wine now, um, so this really stretched into a couple weeks of madness, which, you know, maybe this does actually one up 2018, you know, now that I think about it, because it just, when you have these long, extended seasons, it's it kind of backs everything up because at a certain point you gotta pick your fruit, otherwise it's gonna start degrading, uh, turning to raisins. Or rain's gonna start coming in. You could have mold and mildew issues. Um, your pH levels are starting to go way way up. Uh, the acidity's dropping out. Like you can have all kinds like little problems that can create bigger problems on down the line and just more work down the line. But when you have these years where it's like the fruit's just not ready, it's just not ready, we got to keep waiting, we got to keep waiting, everything just kind of keeps like you have this hard stop that you're up against and and that timeline just keeps getting compressed. And this is to give you a little bit of an example. I mean, normally we have this kind of timeline built in where it's like, all right, you're, maybe your sparkling wines, your whites, your rosés, those come in late August into early September, maybe mid-September. Your lighter reds are in that early September to mid-September. Your medium-bodied reds are late September into October. And then stuff like your big Cabernets, and, <laughs> excuse me, Cabernets and whatnot. It's, man, this sickness, I'm telling you. Uh, these Cabernets and whatnot are coming in you know, last kind of your big guns and dessert wines come on in after the fact, right? So normally it's kind of this nice like month and a half, maybe two month stretch of like solid work, but at least it's spread out. When you when you take that time frame and in essence cut it in half, you still you still have to get all that work done, but in half the time. So it just is absolutely bonkers, and that's that's really what we saw today, or sorry today. Over the last month is we just saw this condensed timeline really come to fruition with, you know, the white wines and rosés. Everything was in and done. But all those reds that kind of come in within that six week stretch all came in within the last basically like three, maybe four weeks. And if you lose that additional time, you are just I mean, it's tough. It's just really, really tough. Now, Let me give a quick pause right here so I can. Yeah. Hopefully not cough into the mic one more time all right, cleared that out a little bit, man, I'm so tired of being sick, you guys. I can't even tell you I'm sure none of you need a full health update on me. It's not what you're here for, but man, there's nothing worse than being sick when you got like work to do right like when you're when you're just because I, I got home last week from that trip through Texas I was feeling fine we pressed off our last lot. And then I had to, you know, pack and ship orders. I had to go, you know, grab a bunch of wine from our warehouse, kind of get everything all set and ready to go. And on Tuesday, I got hit hard. Or Actually, I guess it was Monday, Uh, Monday night. By Monday night, I had a fever of like 101 and I was supposed to be packing boxes and shipping wine all day the next day. Couldn't hardly get out of bed. Um and then finally got enough energy and enough meds in me by Tuesday that I was like, all right, I got to get this done because we need to get wine out and about. Um, the joys of being self-employed and the winemaker, the shipping department, the janitor, the everything, uh, it's the good stuff. But hey, we do what we can. Um, where was I? Where, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, the condensed uh, time frame, condensed time frame. Um so with that condensed time frame you know you just you got to get the work done no one's going to get it done for you and you're just you're just you're just going i mean you just have to make it happen and i mean you can just imagine you know when you don't have you start running out of tank space you start run, you start having to do bin fermentations or using other vessels that maybe you weren't planning on using you have to kind of adapt on a dime and get this You just have to find ways to get the work done. So as we wrap up a harvest like this, when you finally see that light at the end of the tunnel, it's like, oh my gosh, like you just, when you press a couple of things off and you kind of get to take that first deep breath of catching up, it's amazing. Uh, The day before I left for that Texas trip, we pressed off three different lots. It was maybe seven or eight tons worth of fruit. It was not a lot, but because it was three separate lots, you're like, all right, I got to do this one first and we'll throw this one in there and then we'll throw that one in there. And it's, it just takes time because those pressing cycles take about two hours and then you got to clean out the press every once in a while. You, sometimes you can just, and this is what we were able to do is just load the press with the next round over the top and do a little reposo uh, style of, um, you know, running that other, that different juice over the skins of say, like we actually did this for our cab front. Cause we only do about a ton of it it really wouldn't fit in that press because it's so small. So we leave the Cabernet skins in there and we press the Cab Franc over the Cabernet Sauvignon skins. Um, So there's like a couple like little tricks of the trade and things that we do as a part of our winemaking processes uh, that we would do anyway. Um, It helps shorten up that time frame. But that was a 16 hour day of, you know, getting there at six, seven in the morning, getting things loaded up, starting the first pressing run. I think I hosted at least one group for a tasting that day. Like you still just have all this crazy stuff going on, but come Monday when I'm on my flight to Dallas, having those three lots pressed off in barrel and in essence put to bed for the season, it's just this huge sigh of relief. It's just amazing. And there was actually an event that I had to miss on Sunday. I luckily it's through a a very good uh, friend and, and a client of ours in Dallas. I was so bummed to miss it. Um, but I was like, "Hey, man! Like, there's just nothing I can do. I'm gonna have to be at the winery all day. There's no shot I can make it out there for this thing." And uh, he was very understanding. So, Matt Kelly, big shout out to you guys for your understanding, because um, it allowed me to actually finish making, you know, our, a big portion of our Cabernet Sauvignon from Saint Helena, as well as our Cabernet Franc and our Merlot. We got that all taken care of that day, um, and that was really that was kind of the big. That's when I got to see kind of this last light at the end of the tunnel. You have this like big day where you're getting all this work done. You're like, oh, shoot. Like we're almost there. It's so close. Like we've got a couple more lots. I had five more lots that were fermenting that we needed to press off after that. Um, All Cabernet Sauvignon as well. Um, But we did that the following week after I got back from Texas. So that was a little over a week and a half ago. Uh, And you just, you're like, okay, like we're almost there. We're almost there. You're running on fumes at this point. This is why, like for me, this is why I get sick after harvest. Like you're finally, your body finally like realizes like, oh, you're actually exhausted and probably a little bit malnourished. (laughs) You like your body, like you just, you get hit with some bug by end of it, especially after a week in Texas. I love seeing all you guys, but like shaking hands and hanging out with like 600 people actually more than that over the course of an entire week, like you're bound to catch something. So we always get like the, these little head colds and bugs and stuff because your body's just like, dude, you need to rest. <laughs> it's been a long season. And it's time for you to hibernate. Uh, this is why a lot of us, you know, once we get once we get things pressed off and in barrel and barreled down, like you don't really hear from us a lot in December and early January, because we're hibernating. We're so done. We're so tired. And it's just like it's we finally have you know, have the time to like rest and relax and get through everything. So at this stage, at this stage, once we have, you know, every, once we get through that madness and all the the lots pressed off and things put into barrel at this point, for many of us, it is that time where we can take a little bit of time and relax, you know, it becomes a little bit more of the nine to five job at this stage. And we are able just to go through, taste through barrels, taste through certain lots, you know, make sure that everything is kind of progressing the way we want it to. Because even in this early stage of a wine's life, we're trying to make sure it's on the right track. We're we're making sure that certain barrels um, are being utilized for certain lots to make certain wines. Like even our red blend, I know, I don't know exactly what our like red blend proportions are going to be for 2023, but I know Typically, what barrels and what vineyards I like for it um, and what blocks from those vineyards I prefer for it. So I'm already kind of tasting things and, you know, double checking that to see if, you know, hey, if 18 months from now, when we're bottling that wine, is that going to be, is this kind of already on that track? Or maybe, hey, we're going to adapt and move certain wines one way or the other based on what it needs or what we think it needs. Um, even within these first few months, there are a lot of very crucial decisions being made, but it's at this stage where we have a little bit more of a clear head. We've caught up on some sleep. And at this stage, at this stage, I kind of define winemaking as almost like glorified babysitting. Like it's, you're really just making sure the kids are playing nice and not wrecking the house. That's really what this aging portion of winemaking is for us is really just making sure that the kids are all playing nice because the last thing we want them to be doing is causing issues around the house, right? It's, it's really just kind of that simple. You know, we're not looking for, you know, we're, we're, they're not grown up yet. They're not, you know, we're not sending them out on their own. You know, they've got a long ways to go. So we can't just be hands off. Let, let, them, let them babies leave the nest we have to still be kind of that guiding hand. But because it is a little bit more babysitting, we can kind of take that step back and just let them play, you know, and let them see how they continue to evolve and change uh, over these few months and be that kind of guiding hand as this aging process goes on. That way, you know, whether we're making our Cabernet or Merlot or Red Blend or Cab Franc or any kind of iteration therein, whether it's a reserve bottling or you know, maybe just something special and different that we've never done before, but we're playing with. You know, it really allows us the ability to just kind of take that step back, take a little bit of a breather and say, all right, they're going to be fine. Let them play in the yard, in the cave, cellar, whatever. They're going to be fine. We can kind of do our thing, play some catch up on all the other stuff that we simply have not had time for and hopefully get some rest. And if we happen to catch one of these post-harvest, you know, bugs that we can get over that in time for Thanksgiving so we can just stuff our face with turkey and pinot noir and rosé and have the best time ever. It's hard to believe. If you're I mean, it's I'm recording this literally on November 22nd. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving. The th- the last 3 weeks have been this is kind of the the time warp of harvest and going right into November, especially with a late season. It's like all of a sudden, like you blink and the holidays are here. Like it just it goes by so incredibly fast. Um and it's just hard to keep up with sometimes. Uh man, but this season, this season was one for the ages. The quality of the wines that are out there are just phenomenal. The flavors, the complexity, the structure, everything is just top-notch. I'm so very excited for these wines, what they have to offer. I've been saying it for months that this 2023 vintage is has that potential like vintage of the decade vibe. And with that, there's going to be a lot of really great juice that comes from it. Um, Yeah, I'm so pumped. So pumped that we're kind of putting a bow on this thing. I'm going to be able to catch up on some sleep, get my health back in order, uh, and finally get a little bit more balance in the work-life schedule, which is going to be awesome. All right, I'm going to kick it. It is a little bit of a shorter episode, doing just a quick... State of the Union, kind of where things are at. Luckily, people are wrapping up harvests. Things are going into barrel. The aging process has started for a lot of folks. Um, there's still a lot of work to be done for a lot of people out there in terms of pressing things off and uh, you know getting things in the barrel. We're very lucky that since we harvest a little earlier and our uh, winemaking processes are a little bit uh, shorter in terms of the fermentation and macerations, uh, that we get to be done a little earlier than some of our colleagues. So with that, I'm going to take this amazing Thanksgiving holiday to rest up, relax, stuff my face with some uh, stuffing and turkey and get after it. So I hope you all have an amazing holiday weekend uh, and start and kind of kick off to the holiday season. Whatever you celebrate out there between Thanksgiving, Festivus, Hanukkah, Christmas, Kwanzaa, whatever you got going on. I hope it's an amazing season for you. Uh, We're going to get back to our regularly scheduled uh, podcast, starting with this one and then moving the next week. We're going to have our November uh, slash October question and answer. It might be a little bit of a longer episode next week. I have a a boatload of questions uh, to get through since we missed a couple of episodes. Um, So next week might be a little bit more in-depth, a little bit more intense uh, in terms of diving into some of the geeky stuff uh, when it comes to wine and winemaking stuff, I'm very excited to dive into. I uh, will tr- remember to submit your questions uh, through our DMs on any of our social networks in the comments section of any of our social media posts. Um, you can also remember go to our website, ntgawines.com, and submit questions that way as well. So, uh, thank you all again for your patience and understanding uh, with me kind of dropping the ball and getting episodes out. Uh, luckily, I'm on the road to recovery from this little sickness that I got, um, and we're going to be back in action here moving forward. So love you guys so much. Thank you all for uh, subscribing, for sharing uh, the podcast here, um, and we're going to have some very fun things on the horizon uh, in the new year coming up. Lots of plans uh, that are going to start coming to fruition for this bad boy. So I appreciate you all tuning in. Have a great rest of the day. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll catch you next